0: Welcome to FacingMellsMusic.com podcast featuring some of the most heartwarming stories from musicians all around the world on FacingMellsMusic.com. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I think the recording started. Yeah. Okay. So welcome to Facing Mel's Music. This is Mel Golding and I have an amazing guest. I'm so excited to speak with Stephanie Carlin all the way from, well, you're not from Los Angeles. You just moved there. You're actually from New York. Welcome. Thank
1: you, Mel. (laughs) I'm so happy to be here.
0: Oh, I'm delighted that um, I've been so excited to speak with you because we're going to be looking at, well, you're a singer-songwriter. Okay, first of all, you're an artist. You're an entrepreneur. You're a leadership coach and you've had over 17 years of experience. This is what I've read so far. Um, You're interested in the artistic process. Business mentorship and helping people find faith. So we're going to get into some kind of spiritual talking in a minute. Um, we kind of already touched on stuff, didn't we, just now about the death card,
1: <laughs> which I'm always I can't fascinated wait to talk about it. Now that we're hitting <laughs> well, come on, let's yeah. do it then.
0: What, what's the, what, what's the death card for you? Come on, let's talk about it. because so I just talked about my dead fish, and I, I'm sure uh, I'm sure there's some new beginning somewhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, it it seems like um, my entire new record seems to. Mm to be about death and rebirth. And it's starting to feel to me like it's um, just like one side of my hand is death and the other side is rebirth. And uh, I am experiencing so many like micro spiritual deaths of my own identity lately, as I become who I desire to be. And I have to, I really do have to kill many parts of myself in order to become that other person becomes the next person that I'd like to be. I mean, I'm kind of speaking about it a little bipolar or a little schizophrenic, like it's two different versions. I mean, it's not, but like the <laughs> micro rituals yeah. and habits mm-hmm. of my daily life are, mm. are morphing and changing. And like, what are right. we other than how we spend our life and
0: who we spend yeah. it with? So, yeah. uh, yeah, let's. That's really interesting. Dad. Because death actually represents new beginnings and birth, as you, as you quite rightly said, you know. So, is this kind of a conscious thing for you, or you, or is it just naturally occurring? These changes Um, that you're talking about, are you making decisions?
1: I, you know, I like, I really love the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Do you guys have that in the UK?
0: I don't know. uh, No. Oh, yeah.
1: It's a very yeah, yeah. It's a very show here in the states, and there's. I I watched the season finale of season four, like five times. I loved this season finale so much. And one of the lines from the season finale, for any fans out there, you'll, you'll know it. Um, One of the characters says, stop planning, just go to work enough with your plans. Just go to work. And I feel like that's been a mantra of mine over the last six months. I could strategically plan things to a T. And while that served me to a point in my life,
0: Mm. It no
1: longer serves me to strategically mm. plan to a T. Uh, there's there's like a demand in me to be following the impulses of my own intuition faster and faster mm. and faster. And if it feels like the truth, I can now discern enough like what is my anxiety versus mm. what is my intuition right. and be following the impulse of the intuition and taking action and taking action and taking action. and then from there, things start to die or get stripped away. Um, But at least I'm in the experience of it rather than thinking about Mm. it as a concept. That is very heady. What I just said, does that, does that all?
0: No, no, no. It makes sense. Yeah. Well, it does to me. Definitely. Um, I mean, what you're really saying is you're, you're running, you're going with your own flow, but you're doing a lot of listening to yourself, aren't you? By doing that you're 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 take you're making you're listening to how your f- your feelings and how you're how you're going with with the flow rather than okay you can plan like you say strategically to a certain point, but let's face it, do plans ever really fully go you know do they ever fully get there? I mean I know they don't for me um <laughs> you can plan so that's, some, that's one of my some, you know. Yeah. It's
1: one of my favorite parts of the quality of work that I do at right. um at truth school. Uh, because ah, okay. I really believe that um I don't know. I don't know how woo are your are your listeners, Mel? Because I'm about to throw some woo-woo things. No, you out just to the go mix. for it.
0: You go I for really it.
1: I really do <laughs> feel like we have little consciousnesses that yeah. keep us from our purpose that dictate right. to us, no, do that later. No, no, no. Do that next year. No, no. Do that tomorrow. And, you know, Mm. as a energy worker, what I have learned over many years Mm. of working with people is so many of us have um, like parasitic overgrowths, candida overgrowths, bacterial overgrowths, all these little like micro critters in our body. And from an energetic perspective my goodness, these critters yeah. have their own consciousness that and they is- will keep us from our purpose. Candida, the vibrational resonance of Candida is procrastination. So if I'm working mm-hmm. with a client who is wow. an artist, maybe, and it's just like, no, I'll put my record out next year. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll check in with them and we'll do a body scan. Wow. Do you have a Candida overgrowth? Sure enough. It's like, oh yeah, I've had like yeast infections for years and years. Or, oh wow. Oh, yeah. This, Oh this, and So the first part of my work with people is to do a parasite cleanse, an herbal parasite cleanse, because how can we discern if it's really your thought, if it's really a truthful thought in you, if it's a full body Mm. fuck yes thought in you versus Mm. Mm. the external consciousness of something else, like let alone your parents being an energetic parasite, let alone your spouse (laughs) maybe being an energetic parasite. We all understand this concept (laughs) of energetic parasites, but there's also these like, like physical things that Mm -hmm. can just mute our frequency like a wet blanket right and just have us feel like things aren't possible and i see time and time again especially with myself as a case study when you pull these guys out Mm -hmm. suddenly things become possible so it's a it's a wild little
0: that is meant it's mental, right? But I understand it fully. I really do. I get you on this because you're talking about parasites, basically living, but physically living, but having an impact on every other level, your psychic level, let's say. Um, because one of my questions to you was, it was actually, I've written it down here and I was going to ask you later, but anyway, whatever, was how do you deal with obstacles with pe- like people? I'm thinking of people because people can be parasitical parasites, you know, and they can be, you know, really stop you from moving forward. And this is, this is, you know, my own experience. I know a lot about this. How do you deal with that? I mean, you know, when you're talking about, you're talking about people potentially, okay, with, with the parasites and it's within, okay, you're talking about bacteria in a sense. Um, But what about people? How do you overcome difficulties when, when you've got such difficult people who are stopping you in your path and distracting? How do you get over that?
1: Isn't that the heartbreak of the death that we mm. started with? Yeah. The, cur- the, the audacious courage <laughs> it takes to kill a relationship. Yeah. Not, I mean, that's such mm. a violent word, but even to just, if it, we were no. to be softer about it, to acknowledge the unworkability of no. a relationship, to accept it, yeah. then to have the courage to be the one to end it. I'm I'm not Mm -hmm. that person. I I chronically have uh so many issues ending relationships. You know, I've been in relationships where like I would have married the guy and it was like the most toxic thing. And like I I thank higher power all the time. Like, thank you for letting him have ended it because I didn't have the capacity to end it and that death needed to happen. It was a violation of my own truth to continue to let it happen. Mm -hmm. It's a muscle Mm -hmm. I continue to work on, but Mm. we need relationships to die but we mm. interact with this culturally like um like it's so wrong or that it mm. is an ending when mm. it's like a necessary step for rebirth and mm. I just get off on this stuff I love it so much because it's it's yeah. so precious and complex
0: mm. definitely definitely I mean I, I'm speaking I'm divulging myself here my I mean it's my book I mean, it's in the book anyway, so it's out in the public. But I mean, I've had a toxic relationship, a marriage, right? And I'm divorced, happily divorced, by the way. Um, And I divorced six years ago, but this person will still not leave me alone. And I've had injunctions after injunctions after injunctions. Okay. And the only little, the leverage that this person is using is our daughter who's nine years of age and she's autistic. So she's highly vulnerable. And it's like, I am like you, Stephanie, right? When I see you and I've heard your music and I've seen the way you look, you just look like this free spirit who's flying around, flapping around. I don't know. That's how you look. Maybe you've got another little story going on and you've got a huge secret and maybe you've got the answer. Maybe you've tapped into something that actually... I know the secret of of getting, reaching your full potential. But when you've got like narcissism and people use that term these days a bit too lightly, I'm talking truly narcissistic characters. Okay. That's been my experience. How the hell do you get beyond that? How do you, how can, how can I move forward and get this person, this negative entity out of my life? And we've still got a kid together and legally we're still tied in. And that is, that's where we're, well, I'm falling flat right there. This is the difficulty, you know, because I find that most people, um, you know, and and what you're talking about, you know, they're younger. And the first thing I'm thinking is, yeah, but you're not married. You don't have a tie. You don't have a tie with a child. You don't have this. You can break up. You can do this. But when you've got that, it's like a heavy, it's a ball and chain. That's the only way I could describe it. And your wings are clipped.
1: Well, first of all, I'm sorry you're dealing with that. Because yeah, when there is another too. soul involved, like a child,
0: mm. it yes. does
1: um, add another dimension to it, right? Mm. And I get that a lot because um, mm. in my seven-year relationship, I was raising uh, my ex's stepson. Okay. And a huge part of why I stayed for seven years in this yeah amazing teaching relationship. You know, that's how I can see it now. Um, at the time I wouldn't call it so amazing, but people would like roll their eyes and be like, but you can leave. You're not really his mother. Yes. And it would kill me. There's truth to that, but it would kill me because they wouldn't see how Mm. I was really embodying some important mother energy late at night yes. or when we were all home alone and that boy needed some support. Yeah. So people would be like, well, you don't really, you don't really know what it's like to be a mom because you're just a yeah. stepmom and like you could go at any time and you're not mm. really his mom. And it mm. would be one, it would just be so hard to yeah. be with that because that's okay. not the truth of what the soul contract was between me and right. his son. The soul mm-hmm. contract was like, we're doing this life together and he and I still continue to be very close and continue on. So anyway, I bring all that up because Mm. I think when a, when a young soul, like a child is involved, it gives us every, every excuse to like, keep things to like, it is a little generic, but to like keep things together for the kids, yeah. right? Like that oh, you have that to. old mm. programming, like mm. is gen- is genetic. It's ancestral. Mm-hmm. It's it goes mm-hmm. way before this this moment of like um, yeah. uh, spiritual autonomy that we're all experiencing in this life. That's like yeah. relatively new, right? As mm-hmm. we like move into a co parenting world, like that's it's still so fresh of that being yes. like like regular and normal. Yeah. For yeah. human beings, we have this imprinting of life that is like stay yeah. together for the kids. And so, you know, yeah. if you and I, Mel, if we were working in a session together, yeah, I might start with like really looking at every way that this man triggers you,
0: <laughs>
1: which you have every right to be triggered by <laughs> his insanity. I'm imagining it's a little insane. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I can stand shoulder to shoulder with you because I've I've been in my own insanity. And we yeah. work at like mm-hmm. I I can see them as chords, like every chord mm. of trigger. And we'd have to take mm. great care with each yeah. one of the chords inside of a commitment to yeah. be free. Yeah. Not like not like you have to stop being right. Mm. But it, because your freedom is more of your commitment than being right about the situation. And that's why it takes so much courage because you're actually right about the situation, but circling Mm -hmm. that drain just leaves you where you've been and it doesn't leave you free.
0: Yes. That's the word freedom. And, you know, and I've been thinking of that word freedom this, this afternoon, you know, uh, I went to the bar before, uh, coming here about a couple of hours ago, I had a glass of wine with my friends and I just kept thinking about the freedom. Um, freedom is really what we strive for. Isn't it really souls? I think we strive for that freedom, but when you have a negative or evil entity coming in, they're trying to stop that freedom. So you have to cut. There is a, there is a time you've got to cut the cord, cut the connections and sadly, because we're in this material world and we're in a world with a legal system, you have to do that legally as well. It's doable, I think, but it just takes another angle. That's what I found personally speaking, because it it's a child. It takes
1: personal, personal yeah. courage. Yes, it tremendous does. Tremendous personal courage. Yes. And we yes, live in does. a world where there's always like negative forces and negative entities. I don't know when this podcast will air, but like here in the States just today, it's, it's, you know, the 24th of June and um, Roe versus Wade was overturned here today in, in the States, which, you know, legalizes abortion in America. So that is no longer, it's no longer a right for, so forced birth is going to be the future of, of America. And for me personally, that's like a really heavy negative entity. Yes. And it's yeah. all I'm yeah. looking at all the time is how do mm-hmm. I unwork myself from these entities? How do I unwork myself from this system? How do I go mm-hmm. empower myself to understand um, a natural? Mm-hmm abortion? How do I understand my own body in a way that I don't need to outsource it to someone else? How do I continue to trust myself and trust Mm. myself and trust myself and trust Mm. myself in ways that will like only be whispered and hushed in these little conversations Mm. from woman to woman to woman, to empowered person, to empowered person, to empowered person, because that is not going to be the programming. The programming is always going to say, how low can you vibrate? How low can you go?
0: Absolutely absolutely right because it's still it's still all about control isn't it really if you fa you know let's face it you know government and um, all these decisions it's all about control um it's horrendous really it is but um that's that's really quite worrying news actually you talked you talked about truth school you've got you're running your own school truth yeah. school let's just go into that a little bit more what what who who do you work with who are your clients and what age group are they and what are they coming to you with
1: yes i <laughs> Love the truth school. So before okay. COVID, I ran a songwriting school for nine years and okay. I loved yeah. my songwriting school. I'd work with little kids, um, mm. ages four to 12. I'd get a lot of kids who had severe stage fright, self-doubt who are processing grief. And, uh, through the course of writing their own music, performing it on a stage, there'd be a transformation, like a, an energetic transformation in their, in their confidence. Mm. And I loved this school I built, but something like a little nagging thing always told me like, "Mm, this isn't it. This isn't the next you there's time. It's time to go to the next thing, but it's hard, you know, I'm in the matrix here in reality and there's all these kids around and it's a thriving business. And then of course COVID hit and shut the school down. And I had been like a closeted um, energy worker and, and quite a, quite a masterful coach, if I must might say like with, with clients behind the scenes, but then COVID hit and I said, wow, okay, people really need healing. It's time for me to not like, just be doing this quietly. It's time for me to really step out. And so I created truth school during COVID and Mm. I love working with people in truth school who are artists, who are creators, who are entrepreneurs, but really they have a secret dream and Ah. they've killed off their secret dream. And I think people brilliant geniuses kill off their secret dream because of one of four things it's a mm-hmm. resentment a rejection a regret or sometimes in some cases um a revenge it's four the four R's. R's. <laughs> i
0: was just gonna say four R's. The yeah four
1: R's. But if, ah. if there is a, a dream yeah. that you are keeping as a dream and i like see it like Vibrating yeah. up here is a dream and we haven't pulled it down into reality yet. Yeah. that We can probably start to connect a cord to a mm. resentment, rejection, regret, and maybe a revenge. Mm, and right. it's all those chords in truth schools circled around those four R's that right. we start to repair and we start Ooh. to clean up and we start to heal. So, you know, for myself, I used to have a massive grudge against the music industry. Uh-huh. I was like, I can like pinpoint it. Yeah. It would yep. just be like, fuck the music industry. This place yep. is filled with vultures. I don't want anything yep. to do with it. I'm authentic. I'm gonna go do my own thing. And so I mm-hmm. killed off the industry for like seven years. Yeah. And what I had to do when I decided to re-enter the music yeah. industry was deal mm-hmm. with the heartbreak of one experience. Yes. I could pinpoint it down to one experience, which wow. was when I almost got signed and the God bless him, the the owner of the record label was like, all right. Um, But you have to pay me $10,000 and I have to play on your record because I just really am doing this to play on people's records. And I was like 21 years old and I had dreamed of being on this record label. It was like the cool record label and it like shattered my dreams. I felt so manipulated and conned and I killed off the music industry, but I had killed off this whole industry based Mm. on one Heartbreak yeah. that I wasn't vulnerable mm-hmm. enough to yeah. really express as a heartbreak at that time. So it stayed yeah. in me, it stayed in my field and mm. created this like rigid shell where I killed off an entire dream.
0: Oh my God. I resonate with that massively. Massively. I hate it more. Industry. Tell me more. Massively. Well, I, I nearly um nearly I also almost got signed. Huge deal with Sony. <clears throat> Actually, I was on the radio not long ago, BBC radio, and i um, talking about the book because it's in the book a little bit. And um, I mean, it was going to be a huge deal, like 2 million. It was going to be a lot of money put, put, put into it. And it was in the late nineties. And it was just at the time when Celine Dion was releasing the Titanic, the Titanic was coming out. That it got political, same, I'm not, I've got to be very careful here, but it was the same law firm, basically. And um, the deal suddenly didn't go through. And they said, we're not going to go, it's not going to go through. And there was something to do with her godfather who was speaking with the same, because we were kind of linked with the same lawyers. And it stopped because I was a threat to her market back then, because I was a little bit of a younger version of Celine Dion. And I'm we had see, a whole, like, album. you
1: remind me of Celine Dion in a way.
0: Yeah, really? Yeah. Well, my, my vocals were kind of like, I mean, God, I drank so much wine since then. I mean, you know, so I'm kind of more rock now, you know, <laughs> you got that grit now. I, still, I still got. Yeah. I'm more Tina Turner, you know, um, <laughs> but you know, it's like, and I was like really angry with the industry on and off. Um, I'm, I'm assuming I'm older than you. So I've been doing it like 30 odd years right? Trying, still trying. I'm still going for it, right? But doing things differently my way. And exactly what you're talking about, you have to, that was the biggest knock that I had personally. So I resonate with you massively on this. I mean, your music, let's talk about your music for a minute. I mean, there's so much to talk about. I mean, we could be like for days talking, seriously. Your music is absolutely fantastic. I love your songs. The sounds of the songs Oh my goodness, they are just it's just full of spirituality. I mean that's it came across, it touched me spiritually, you know. Um that that song Recipe for Freedom, you've had like 60,000 hits on that in Spotify. Um I love it. It's just wonderful. I absolutely want I love that, but there's another one. And I thought we could talk maybe a little bit about where the inspiration came from. Mother and God I love that. um, Oh my God, you went back. You went back into the archives. I love it. I I love it. No, but I love it. And I'm feeling, I don't know. Do you think you're an old soul reincarnated? Because... It does feel like you're something from the past coming into the, a new world now, and you're bringing something in from I don't know what it is. It's really deeply spiritual, Mother and God. That is that's an, an upbeat. Um, and you start with "I am a rock." Is that right? Is that the yeah. first lyric? Yeah, that's right. Talk about Mother and God. What's that about? Tell me about that.
1: I I'm so um, like titillated that you brought up this song. So yeah. I <laughs> I recorded Mother and God like. 12 years ago, 10 years ago. And I love that you love it because I had this thought today that was like, maybe I should take my whole old discography off Spotify. Maybe I should just be like killing that part too. And I saw you are like a little angel coming in being like, no, 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 don't don't
0: don't do that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the affirmation. That's all right. Um, I I love Mother and God because yeah. I was thinking about this song the other day, actually, because it's the only song I've ever written that made it to um, like being recorded, Mm. where it like came in in like five minutes. And I just scribbled the whole entire song down. It was like one of those channeling moments. It was like, okay, God just like fucking gave me this song. Yeah. (laughs) And I sat down and wrote all the lyrics in 15 minutes and um it's been such a I've been like agonizing over my current pieces like I spend weeks and weeks on the lyrics that drives me crazy and I was like god it was so good to just write mother and god that was like such a great how do I how do I open myself up and be a vessel oh. for that to come through again so yeah wonderful. um wonderful I really am happy yeah. you brought that song up
0: You do not take that down because it's got such. Don't you dare take it down. It's got such an unusual. Let me just play it a minute. Let me just get it back in my system. Hang on a second. It's just the way it starts. It's the beginning of it. That's it. It's really unusual. Ba, ba, ba. It's just great. It's got a great beat. Uh, it's just I love it. Um, no, you're not allowed to take it down because I said so. Okay. Got it Mel. <laughs> No, dude. do you know what I've just done, Stephanie? Right after all these years of feeling right, I'm not going to steal your show here. But feeling fucked off with the industry, what I decided to do was get all my old songs that I did like 20 odd years ago, and I thought, sod it, I'm going to put it up there. So the ones that the the one that album that was going to be signed by Sony is now up there. Did they, um,
1: did they try to control the master? Did they try to take it from you?
0: No, and and they can try.
1: Good. Because I, I mean, I know people who um, were in your position who had it a lot worse. Like they were not even no. allowed to um, it, no, have the no. rights to their masters. They had to bootleg no. their own music mm-hmm. to sell it at their shows because Sony wouldn't give them that Columbia wouldn't yeah. give them that. So I'm I'm no, so no, happy no, that no, wasn't no. you.
0: No, because it never got that far anyway, and it just it stayed between me and the producer anyway, so I mean, I don't think he he really you know is bothered to miss up yeah. there so but that's what I'm saying you've got to be proud of that journey, you know what I mean, so there's one thing about that that new beginning you talk about you're talking about, but I think where you're at now and how you got there, there's a trail back. It trails back to who you were before and where you came from. And the way I see music is that music and the albums, like I've just done, like my book is all about is a timeline of that journey. And I think it's all relevant. So you must leave it up there. Okay. Cause it, where you are now and where you were 12 years ago, but well, it's all beautiful. You know, you're in a new place. So it's, it's all to be celebrated. You know what I mean? Um, I know what you mean. That's what I feel anyway, but, um, and you've got another one. There's goddess. What's goddess all about? You're a bit of a so- goddess.
1: <laughs> Thanks. I haven't always felt like a goddess. Um, oh, you word lovely. that word. The word <laughs> lands is like, um, like such a weird word until you've yeah. kind of breaked the chains of your own programming and conditioning. Um, mm. it's, a, and it's also a timely song to talk about given, given the day that I said it is here in the States with the overturning of Roe v. Wade and, um, yeah. That song was a goddess. I wrote goddess um, after my abortion. And uh, it was a it was quite a spiritual experience having my abortion. But of course, there's like no more, um, you know, visceral uh, experience of death than like, Mm -hmm. like feeling feeling a spirit leave inside of you. See, I, I don't believe in black and white. Everything's nuanced. I don't believe in the polarizing of politics. Like I believe life Mm. begins at conception and I believe in the right to choose. And usually Mm -hmm. those two things are very separate, but, um, Mm -hmm. life is not black and white to me. So, Mm -hmm. so I really like took some time to connect with this spirit before mm-hmm. I had my abortion, it took me a week to feel like I was connected to this spirit. And we had this mm-hmm. like amazing conversation in the okay. astral and, yep. um, like really made peace with the abortion. Okay. And so the song and the music video of goddess is me lying on the couch. Um, nice. as I'm having my abortion, I had my abortion at six weeks. Um, so I just, well, you know, took that amazing pill that science has Gifted us. Created. With. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And was lying on my couch having my abortion, thumbing through the news That's... and saw that yeah. the six week, ab- the first six week abortion ban in America was happening. And wow. I just felt this ancestral rage rip the fuck through me. I was so angry because I am someone who is so in tune with my body. So privileged Mm. in this world. And I didn't even know I was pregnant until five weeks. So how, how Mm. is someone who's even just a little, maybe like not super connected supposed Mm. to know, they're pregnant at six weeks and this abortion ban was happening. So I, it, it's, it lifted out of the bipartisanship out of the politics and mm. so into the, the, the spirit world of my ancestors outrage. And that is, those are the lyrics of the, of the, okay. first verse of the song, um, like, yeah. and, and the music video shows my, my, uh, you know ancestors coming in and kind of right. pulling me apart on this couch until we all become like in unison by the end of the song and i no longer need my ancestors to to support yeah. me so it was a very fun um high production music video to to shoot and really oh God, touched yeah. a lot of my uh my friends who you know yeah. choreographed this this music right. video directed this mm. music video mm. uh, my amazing writing partner uh you know produced the song so yeah. it was um, is one of my, it was really like a reclamation song for me. It was like yeah. my coming back into the music industry. It was my first mm. song, like releasing, coming back in.
0: Was it? Yeah, it oh, was. funny. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So again, you're talking about the death, birth, death, birth. It's not funny. It's, it's right there. Interesting. Very interesting. I didn't interesting. really,
1: I, I'm seeing it much clearer now that you and I are talking Mel. Yeah. It
0: really is everywhere. Isn't it? <laughs> It really is. <laughs> I know. I, I, I resonate with that as well, by the way, on the um, abortions, miscarriages. I've been through it myself. You know, I've, I've I've, been there too. So I understand. And I remember having a dream once I'll just share with you, um, just so that you're not alone with that. Cause this is quite deep stuff. I had a dream once and I just found out I was pregnant and it was, it was the wrong thing to go through absolutely the wrong thing to go through. And I and I just remember it was like an Indian little boy sitting in the back of my car. And I was in a car and it was in the back of my car. And he he just got into the car, belted himself in, strapped himself in, like, come on, mum, let's go, sort of thing. And I was like, no, get out of the car. I said, you have to get out of the car, go back to your mother. And the mother was standing, this is all in a dream, at the house and an Indian lady. I don't know why Indian, but I don't know why. I said, come, you've got to go. And she was like, Oh, come, come. Basically I was saying, no, you can't be here. You've got to go back. And not long after I miscarried bizarre, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. Imagine that for a video. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That would make an amazing video too yeah it's it's yeah I've had so many dreams like this too I mean I, I take it do, do you do you, um ideas do you dream a lot of things like this like surreal abstract are you kind of I in- don't I'm a little jealous of people
1: who can like go into the dream world and have all these dreams <laughs> yes. I am pretty yeah. dreamless sometimes I remember oh, my dreams and yeah. sometimes they're <laughs> poignant but mostly um yeah. you know I, I use this um the theta brainwave state to channel and that's what I do in my session so I'm hanging out in the ethereal all the time but like oh. during during waking <laughs> hours but I would really like to put some attention into remembering my dreams more because they are yeah I I really believe we can access other timelines and and other um, mm. spaces like above the laws of time and space in our dreams yeah and yeah. uh I think what you dreamt in that moment is Mm. extraordinary and Mm. so worth paying attention to and trusting Mm. the dream. I think I think our doubt and disbelief sometimes cuts us off from trusting and is very heartbreaking to me uh, because, uh, you know, that dream sounds like it had a very powerful
0: message for you. It did. I know it did. It did. But it's, and thank you for
1: sharing that. You know, this is why I'm so open about my abortion is because when I had my abortion, I started realizing like all the women around me were like, Oh, I'm me too. Oh, me too. Oh yeah. I had a miscarriage. Oh, I had an abortion. I'm like, what the fuck? Why didn't you fucking tell me? How come you're being so quiet? I I could not, I could not wrap my head around how silent We are as a gender about this. It really fucking confused me. And then I seem like I'm being deep and like Mm -hmm. almost taboo, but like, I just think I'm being real.
0: No, no, but that's, that's what I want to do. I want to talk about the taboo stuff. That's what this is all about. This is talking about things that people don't want to talk about. And I want to do it in a safe space that we can talk about it, you know, because it's, it's real, it's really happening. And, you know, and I wonder what that is, you know, with, with women who are still hiding these things that, that are happening to them. And, and do you think it's, it's shame I mean, I don't know. I'm just speculating here because there's nothing to be shameful about any of it, you know, or fear. Fear is a big one, you know? Yeah. But it's
1: one thing to say there's nothing to be ashamed about. It's one thing for all of us to intellectualize that. But when shame Mm -hmm. shows up in the body, I can't. I can't imagine a bigger hell than my own shame when I'm stewing in my own shame. Like I've, I've now got it down to like a solid like eight hour container Mm. at worst, (laughs) but like when I didn't have it contained, you know, if my shame (laughs) popped up, it could knock me into a depression for days or maybe even weeks. Right. And that's what happens when we're not understanding our energy, when we're not understanding these, um, how these rejections, resentments, regrets hijack us and hijack our frequency and control control um our experience in life why it's so Mm. important to clear them I mean there's no Mm. there's no worse feeling than feeling shame
0: oh it's awful it's awful but but many do many many do you know and young people I'm I I take it you work with young people as well do you do you you work with you just you did say before didn't you I I, worked with children
1: as young as four in my school
0: yeah and
1: you know I would there's so much easier to help reprogram with resentments, rejections, and regrets because they have so much more possibility and they have so much more faith. And, you know, mm-hmm. when I work up to my 12 year olds or 13 year olds, that faith is gone. They're, they're in this matrix fully. Oh. They're not in that like source connection, yeah. you know, that glitter you see mm. in a child's eye, you know, you're yeah, really like, yes, that sparkle mm-hmm. is their connection to source. And somewhere around age yes. seven, that sparkle starts to disappear. Their consciousness comes yes. in psychology has many, explanations for this at the age of seven. But, you know, I, I used to mm. ask my, um, my kids younger than seven, I'd say, do you believe that anything is possible for you? And they'd mm. go, yes, it is. And then I'd ask my kids older Aww. than seven, I'd say, do you believe anything is possible for you? And they'd roll their eyes and be like, no. Ugh. And it was yeah. so heartbreaking. Yeah.
0: Seeing it this, is. This it is. How
1: old, how old is your little one?
0: My little one is nine. So she's nine.
1: Just turn so she's in her consciousness. She's in this world. She's like, is she developing yeah. any sort of like self-consciousness a little bit as she understands like, Oh, this is the world and the world's judging me yes. and the world's looking at me. Oh.
0: God. Yes. Okay. And it's through YouTube mainly. Okay. Dare I yeah. say it? Um, yeah. It's it's through it, it's the image, you know. And this is another thing that I'm I'm kind of interested in is the mental health and the well being, spiritual well being as well. But you know, of of young perform performers and performing artists and people who are starting to develop this self conscious, this programming. um, what do I look like? What do I sound like? How do people see me? And she's starting to do that. And I'm thinking, oh dear Lord, you know, a year ago, it wasn't quite like this. Just yeah. literally a year ago, we are just get walking in it now. And of course I'm her mother and I'm like, you're beautiful. You're beautiful as you are. Of course I'm your mom. I'm going to say you're beautiful no matter what, you know, and I do, I think she is beautiful. Um, but it's, oh, I'm too fat or I should be thinner and I, and don't forget she's autistic as well. So you're looking at extra sensitivity, heightened um awareness you know it's it's different um I don't know do you have you worked with with autism have you worked with the, these I honestly people with working working with children disorders? who have
1: autism is like one of my favorite yeah. things I really? think they are the most They're fabulous children yeah they have such They're, a connection to energy yes. and to sensitivity
0: oh, really. yeah
1: oh my yeah. gosh um the the mm. stigma around autism is so strange to me because they are yeah, so get rid of it.
0: Get rid of the stigma. Well, you see, I do, I have clients as a counsellor. I have clients, you know, and I've dealt with autism. I've got my daughter who's autistic. I have clients who are are autistic, ranging from the age of 14 up to mid-20s, you know, and the intelligence is phenomenal. They are so on a whole other plane of thinking. It's like an
1: upgraded human, honestly. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, it is, and it's it's what they see. The the, the the you know the attention to detail. You think, oh, I never saw that. And you think, wow, you know, no one. And they actually, apparently, NASA have a lot of autistic people. I, I heard working for NASA because of this level, this frequency. So, you know, there's um, this stigma really needs to be removed. The sooner the better, because it's just about accepting differences as well. And we're all part of the same network, I mean, I think. Um, and it's about working together and um, and just it's reaching an advancement, an advanced way of being. You talked about energies and consciousness. Do you believe in that? It's like reaching your a higher version of yourself, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And that is why I love, um, I got to come back to the four R's. Um, That's why I love clearing resentment, rejection, regret, revenge with each and every client I work with, because then what, what does that allow you to do? It allows you to move into the heart space a little more. Mm -hmm. Those tethers Mm -hmm. live in the lower chakras. And again, this is like, this was all very conceptual and just like words Mm -hmm. to me until I started to feel it until I started to actually move into the heart space, which meant actually giving up the right to make people wrong. Yeah. And choosing to love them exactly as they are and exactly as they are not. Okay, example, like what does it take to love your ex-husband in all his narcissism, right? So like talking about love is conceptual until we <laughs> yank it down into reality. I had to look at that. What does that look like for me to love my um my stepson's father? Yeah. Even though those seven years were quite intense.
0: Well, I was going to say hell. Do
1: I, yeah. I mean, uh, God bless him. I wish him no ill will. We are quite yeah. funny, you know, and those, those were some mm. very painful years for me. And yeah. every time a spark comes in where I get pissed off at him,
0: yeah. I have to
1: go look at the cord. I have to go look at the source yeah. of that trauma. I have to go clean mm. that cord up. I have to go clean that heartbreak up. I'm like even feeling one this week, you know, like I'm starting yeah. today and, and I'm seeing old cords come up from that relationship. And it's, it's a never ending process. We talk uh. about healing, like it's a yeah. beautiful thing. Like when we heal, uh. we're going to become the best versions of ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's totally fucking bullshit. Like it, it's an ignorant thought. <laughs> healing is about like exposing the worst versions of ourselves, the worst uh. part of ourselves. And being in harmony and partnership with mm-hmm. those worst versions.
0: Yeah, very smart. Yep, spot on. Definitely. Yes. Well done. You're absolutely right. How did you get to be so wise? <laughs> Is this all experience, or have you done a load of reading? I mean, how? Definitely did you get- <laughs> have not done reading. Don't do reading <laughs> to do these things. <laughs> Honestly, no. You're very, very wise. I mean, wh- where do you no, get it on, from? This on question? my
1: on my dating profile, I do say something like, <laughs> "Deep inside, I'm an I'm a four thousand year old ancient soul. So you have to be ready for me." That used to be one of my lines on my on my uh, I agree, Bumble I profile. Agree. But was uh, <laughs> all, all joking aside, um, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, you're making me think about it. Uh, mm. I think like there's a lot of stuff in my childhood where I, you know, my, my parents are amazing human beings. I had an amazing Mm. childhood, very blessed. And there's the inner workings of the emotions we feel, even if our um, childhood looks like it's extraordinary. But what I was left with in my childhood was like that. I have no voice. Like what I said was always Mm -hmm. at the influence of another family member. And so as a reaction to that, I grew up rebelling against that and decided to be fiercely independent as a way to like force my opinions onto people. And that came with the identity of, Oh my God, she's so, she's so independent. She's such a free thinker, but inside there was an unconscious um, and pretty tremendous conflict going on where I just was, felt like I had been trained to, to have no one listen to me
0: what? and that I was
1: invisible. And so mm. uh, is this very dual thing where mm. everyone would look at me like you're so independent and free thinking, but really inside it was a battle of like, but nobody listens to me, but I'm uh-huh. invisible, but I have no voice, right. but I can't be seen. Mm. And yeah, there's probably mm. 10 years of deep, deep development that went into that. I, you know, quickly rose up the ranks at a um, international leadership company. that's very corporate and was Mm. training for years to lead their programs and resiliency and and self-development until one day it hit me like, like all of this energy is so masculine in this corporate leadership Mm. structure. There is no room for my intuition. In fact, I even think this corporate leadership Mm. structure is designed to not have me think about my intuition. Mm. And so then I spent another six years after that, developing my intuition. And so I had this like 12 year period of marrying, um, very tactical, practical corporate leadership qualities with the ethereal of like becoming a medical intuitive and becoming an energy expert. And Mm. you talked about everything coming full circle. What I realize Mm. now, as I'm, you know, finishing up my next record, moving fully back into my, my artistry, as I lead truth school, what I'm realizing is all musicians are energy experts. Yes. But we don't know we're energy experts all the time. So we no. like kind of mi- are irresponsible with the way we uh, harness and manipulate energy. Cause we're not totally conscious that we yeah. are manipulating energy with sound and influencing yeah. people every yeah. time we make music. Yeah. So this has been a big revelation for me. Um, like yeah. as I come full circle into, yeah. into being a musician full time again.
0: Yeah. Great. Great. That's so exciting. So you're, so let's talk about that. So what are you, you're working on an album, did you say? You've got an album, are you working on an album? I'm working, an working album
1: on an now? album. <gasps> I'm working on an album.
0: How far, how far into it are you? Mel,
1: I'm going to tell a story. I haven't told a single person. Okay. Actually, it, ju- it just went out on my <laughs> mailing list um, one hour ago, the story. Okay. But um, my writing partner and I have been writing together for nine years. And mm-hmm. last year we uh, started going to um, Nashville. We, first we went to a national forest and we, we tracked half of our record there uh, out in California. So we packed up uh, his car, his little Prius with his entire yeah. home studio, packed it to the brim, went and got some food and then brought it to an Airbnb in the middle of the forest and yeah. set up his home studio there for 10 days. And we just wrote a bunch of songs from scratch and recorded them from scratch. Yeah. So it was like 16 hour days, nonstop, just in the zone, maybe going out for some food or going out for a hike, but just like watching the forest making this record a couple months Mm. later we did the same thing again but we went to the Mm. desert and we went Mm. out to joshua tree in california and so we've been writing this record over the course of a year now and um you know at some point a few months ago i said why is this why is this under my name this just doesn't make any sense anymore like look mm. at like, this project doesn't exist without you so we we made a band So it's, mm, that's a big deal for me we've been writing wow. together for nine years yeah, we're, we're closing you... off Stephanie Carlin land with the music really? and we're moving into being a duo and I've always wanted to have a do du- uh, you know a writing partner like that as a, yes, as a bandmate. it yeah. kind of heals that you know fierce yeah. uh, independent chick I was just talking about who like was yes. always um just wanting to be miss independent wanting to be the lone wolf but it was always inside of a reaction to something. So mm. now as I've softened and grown, I really see how Wonderful. much power is in partnership.
0: Yeah. And, and Yes. Yeah,
1: so we'll have to, give you, oh, we'll have to give you a link. Oh, I link to the new music yes. because it um, won't be under Stephanie Carlin anymore. You can't say the name at the moment, can you? Oh, it's our name is Forfader, like F O R E fader or fader
0: how did you come up with that then Forfader.
1: Forfader is um it's it's danish for ancestor
0: <gasps> oh you see yeah. now i had one of my questions it was do you believe you're an old soul so i definitely am onto it and I'm, I'm onto you girl i know <laughs> i don't i don't hide it very well <laughs> no not at all you said you're thousand years old but Isn't that what yeah. wonder woman said she said uh, no someone in that movie with um gal gadot oh it's so funny uh, with the secretary she says oh you know she's she's like 5,000 years old. She's seen it all, you know, because you're bringing all these past lives into this one now. That's what I've been told. Apparently I'm about like 5,000 years old as well. And I do It's I mean, really. it, I,
1: it takes time to know one, Mel. Just
0: yeah. right now. <laughs> I do know. Yeah. But that's, do you know what? And um, what I love about what you said there is the importance of partnership, right? You can, this is wonderful to push forward at a certain time in your life, this independence and getting to your own. And that's, I, I think that has to come into your life at some point because that's how you you create a completeness within you know yourself that's great but you are at risk I I again speak from experience you are at risk of going into solitude down down that path of solitude and sometimes it can be it can be a little bit lonely you know so when you have a loyal companion you've got a loyal companion I also have a loyal companion who I've been working with for 12 years actually and I mean we've literally done one album and we're on to the second one now. I mean, 12 years, that's terrible, really. But because life has gotten in the way. It's terrible. It's disgusting, right? Um, but whatever, you know, life has just been, well, turbulent, you know. But it just goes to show, you know, you take those wonderful people with you, right? That's what I believe in. I, th- I believe strongly in loyalty. You know, who is still standing by your side? Who's still there? In music, you know, in, in that kind of partnership. And it feels like you're doing the same with your, I'm, I'm certainly a partner. fiercely
1: loyal person. That yeah. is, that is for sure. Mm-hmm. And I adore my long-term collaborators and it's Brilliant. just such a fallacy that you can do anything by yourself mm-hmm. that like, that is when mm-hmm. like your dreams live in your head. That's mm-hmm. when, that's when you can do things by yourself is when a dream mm-hmm. just bounces around as a dream and lives yeah. as a nice idea, but to actually be in reality with yes. a dream requires other human beings whether it's your no. listeners like, right you can't make music without a fan base and so no. in order to protect ourselves we might never put out music because we're afraid mm. of the disconnection that's one of many fears that many musicians face right but mm-hmm. things don't things don't exist in reality alone yeah it
0: is a notion no. yeah you're absolutely right you're absolutely spot on. And I think, I think you have to go through phases though. I think, you know, um, I think you have to, you have to complete one journey then to embark on another one. And it feels like you're ready to jump onto another one. Hence the birth death thing, you know? Um, so when is it going to actually be ready? I mean, your release, when is it going to be? Yeah. So,
1: Wow. There's so many exciting things happening again. I don't know when yeah. this will air, but hopefully you guys can get, just go, you know, take a, a look at the links in, in mm. the show notes. But um, okay. I actually invited my mailing list today who I adore. I love everyone in my mailing list. Um, I said, Aww. come come watch me build this brand from scratch because oh, in true wow. school, we're also building resilient brands with, yes. um, with artists, right? It's not, it's yes. energy work and business strategy. So I decided yeah. to really just get naked this week and say, we have, yeah. we have nothing on our socials. Just come right. join us anyway, because you're going to watch me fall flat on my face. You know, we, we're on TikTok every day. We have like two videos up there mm. and we, we post every day. Um,
0: Brilliant. Because, but yeah. We're
1: going to fuck up so much as we <laughs> build this <laughs> brand, but I want to, I want to grow up in public and I yeah. don't, I'm not really super interested in making anything that is, um, in being in the perfection of right. like, content land. Maybe we could talk about this for, for a quick minute. Let's, so it took, yeah. it, it's taking you 12, 12, years to make your record. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that right?
0: Oh no, um, we did it! Uh, no, no, it didn't take twelve years. We did, the first album that the only album that we've actually yeah. completed was twelve years ago, right? Got it. Um, okay, in two thousand and twelve, and then in two thousand in sorry twenty one, the reverse numbers. Yeah, so from twelve to twenty one, we started again. So we're in the throes of doing the second album. So I'm, all I'm yeah, it's crazy, really. That, but, that
1: art takes time. <clears throat> it's deserves- well, yes. It deserves the years it needs for it to be the right art Mm. for you. And we live in a world where artists not only are supposed to make the best art of their lives in that way, but you're also Mm. supposed to create content every day and you're supposed Mm. to be present on social media. You're supposed to, I mean, you can't, Mm. you can't be an artist without having a presence. It's, it's a requirement, right? So there's this split Mm. happening of what is the art and what is the content so, yeah. you know, my writing partner and I are out there every day making TikToks, but we've been working right. on our record for almost a year and it might right. be, who knows, maybe yeah. it's another year until we finally release it because then yeah. the art's going to take however long it's going to take. But mm. the content is transactional. The content yes. is a daily, just ship your work better done than perfect. Just ship your work yes. again, fall flat on yes. your face, just ship your work again, ship your work yeah. again. Yeah. So I am, uh, mm. I'm really like interested in, in that freedom for artists to really be mm. settled in their space about what are the two things and yeah. how to, how to do that dance between those yeah. two energies.
0: Yes. Well, that's what I'm interested in. And I've written about it because um, I've taken a, a psychoanalytical view point because I'm a counsellor, a qualified counsellor. So I've been viewing exactly that about that split that you're talking about and the element of conformity as well, because there's marketing to be done. So there's an element of conformity but retaining authenticity at the same time. There's a split, you know? Um, so it's about getting that balance right for you and for the audience. And you know, so it's it takes quite a skill, doesn't it? It takes and time. Like you say, you can't force these things. You've got to go with your art. Arts takes time, you know, and I've heard, I've heard about this and I've mentioned it in another podcast about, I'm sure it was the cause. I'm sure it was the cause. One of their songs um, they wrote 15 years before it was actually released. (laughs) I love that. You know, Kate Bush, she's just come out with, um, you know, Stranger Things, things, obviously. Right. Right? Right? Okay. So years, years later, she's she's having a number one hit again with the same bloody song. Well, I think this is great news. You know, it gives us hope. <laughs> you know, I think it's, um, th- this is kind of what you've got to get your head around. And I think particularly with younger artists who are very much like, now, 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 I've got this, got the song and I've got to get it all out tomorrow. And no, it's a slow burning flame. It's, it's very slow burning and it takes time and to, to get that. What is perfection? I mean, how do you define that anyway? I mean, how do you define perfection in your art? Uh, I would define perfection as an insecurity. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, you know, to protect yourself from yeah. a fear of failure. So mm-hmm. rather than calling a piece of work done and yeah. shipping it, you <laughs> agonize over it without any sense of completion. There's no, there's no, um, mm. it's only done. Cause you say it's done yeah. or you could go on and on forever.
0: Tweaking yeah. fine tuning. I know, I know, I know, I know. I would say, what would I say about perfection? What would I say? It's just when you feel it's, it's got the right message for you, mm. It's got the right message. You know, now we talked about, I'll tell you what we talked about uh, recently. I'm really divulging a lot today. I don't know why Bring you're out. bringing something out. I never I I <laughs> do, do this before. So I am guilty of that. You know what? I, I was thinking about, um, I was t- saying to my co-writer, who's a lovely lady called Boglarka Gerstner. She's a classically trained pianist and she's wonderful. I said to her, I said, listen, What we need to do with these vocals, my vocals, I said, we've got to get it through auto-tuner. Everyone has auto-tuner for perfection. And she says in a very strong Hungarian accent, I don't know because she likes the the imperfections and this is more professional the way it comes, the way it is. So with a little bit of human quality of, well, you didn't quite, you know, it's an imperfection to the note there a little bit flat or a bit sharp, but that's what makes us human, right? And i no, I want to have a say in all this. <laughs> You're being a control freak. And it's like, anyway, talking like this, what's your we thoughts should, about auto-tuning?
1: <laughs> we should show her the plugin in that, that lets you yes. move the humanize button on She's auto-tune. It. <laughs> She's so just humanize it. that shit up to 80%. Let it warble oh a few no. cents and we move on with some beautifully auto-tuned vocals. I mean, um we have some Come fun out. we have some fun TikToks we're doing this week um where we're showing yeah. the like um 90 <laughs> stacks of vocal tracks that are in my harmonies. So oh, like right. we we need auto-tune or else 90 stacks of, of vocal tracks is just gonna yeah. sound really fucking weird. Uh, oh, no. I love I love auto tune. I used to be like you know a purist. So I used to be like I'm never yeah. doing that, and now I'm like, why it does not serve Damn. the art for me to not have auto tune?
0: You have to <laughs> auto tune. Please, will you please auto tune that right now? Oh. Can't listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really, it's such a funny conversation. I don't think I've ever had that conversation with her before or you even or anyone else. Um, but it's just, you know, um, because of course, years ago we didn't have that technology. There wasn't that technology yeah. Why well, you had the greats, you know, and I was just, um, listening to, uh, dare I say, Phil Collins, uh, Paul McCartney. I'm talking about old school, like my parents, you know, will listen yeah. to these people. I don't think they had all of that, you know, and they had, they had to kind of be really on it, you know, um, yeah.
1: But yeah, I think it, God, God bless technology. So I don't have to be on it.
0: Yeah, I think so. Well, <laughs> we still do. I mean, your harmonies. Oh my word. You've got all these layers and oh, you've got so this, many layers. Oh my God. I know. I know. I love it. I'm a real glutton for, for the harmonies and you've got the, um, it's very whispery. Some of them, isn't they're very whispery it's to get the texture. You're using several uh, textures in the vocals, I think. So thank you've got you for noticing. Some, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm honored. Some, yes. So I do notice that and it just feels so be- do you arrange your vocals because it's so beautifully orchestrated. Do you do that?
1: I, I arrange, I think in the songs that are up on my personal Spotify on Stephanie Carlin are new, the new singles are our goddess and yeah. recipe for freedom and astonishing. Yeah. I, mm. I played a heavy role in, uh, in arranging the vocals, I come in with a lot of big vision for weird ass harmonies and, and my writing partner, Carrie, uh, I think like lives for that shit. So, but in, in our, in our new record that we've been writing over the last year, we've taken a much more collaborative approach to writing the vocal lines. And he thinks up, he thinks up these wild harmonies I never would think of. And then I think up these wild (laughs) harmonies he never would think of, um, you know, I can barely (laughs) follow some of the, 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 vocal lines he wants me to do and, and vice versa. So it's a really great, it's a really great partnership of like hearing things
0: differently. That's really lovely. That's nice though. It's good to have, you know, not just your own head, you know, more than one head on it because you can shine a new perspective on everything. Um, harmonies are so special, aren't they? It's, uh, obviously, it's like the chord. You, the harmonies are the chord progressions, obviously. Um, but you can, what's wonderful about harmonies is that you can have certain chord progressions and you can add a harmony that would go with the chords, but it's not necessarily what the chords are actually playing. So you're adding another dimension. And it's it nice to get all weird on that, actually. I think it adds a feeling you know, a feeling of mysticism in your case, I think Mm. a lot of it, you carry a lot of, a lot of, a lot of mystery in your stuff is what I feel. Um, and it definitely makes you want to listen to more. My daughter loves it, by the way. She loves your songs. You got a fan. You got my daughter. She's so happy. Yeah. She was there and she was humming away because she's, she's got a good ear for music, my daughter. And I can't remember which song it was, but she was sort of, hmm. she was humming, literally copying the melody. And I was like, yeah. That's My good, melodies that's are weird, name. so she must have a good ear. No, she's, she's got a little voice on her. Yeah. I'm trying to encourage her to sing because she can actually sing. I knew she could sing when she was a baby, actually. When she was a baby. How did, I, I, how did you I know? Just, I, because well, I was changing her diaper, as you say, and uh, we say nappy <laughs> over here. So I was changing her nappy and doing a little, um, a little song. We do the nap, nap. Do, 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 That was what I used to do with her. And, um, and she just used to go, I could just tell when she was going, ah, ah it was this melodic, her, her, she's got a melodic voice box. Amazing. And, and I just remember, and I just remember hearing it thinking, you've got my, you've got my voice. I know you have, I know you have, and she can, she's spot on and she can do high notes and stuff and she's on it. And this is really interesting. It's something I'd love to develop with her, you know? Wow. so. You know, young autistic musicians is fantastic. You know, can you imagine what they're capable of writing? And, you know, it's amazing. There's
1: so so much depth.
0: Well, I've worked with them. I've worked with them. Incredible. Yeah. Depth, as you say. Yeah. It's a real eye-opener and... is ear opener as well, an but, ear uh, opener, <laughs> an ear opener, you know, but I wanted to just say also, I mean, everything about you, everything about your message, everything about what you're doing and you're doing so much. I mean, you're, you're a leadership coach. I can't, I'm a keep up. no, you're, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're an entrepreneur, but everything is all about empowering, isn't it? You believe in empowering, don't you? Really? I, I I really believe that like
1: anything is possible for people. Yeah. If I, if I was able to learn the lessons I learned just from that crazy ass relationship, <laughs> like to see, to see yeah. the frequency of human being, I was to like request those kinds of interactions in my life mm. yeah. versus the quality of human being. I am now who would never request those kinds of interactions in my life. Like, yeah, right. Thank God for the people who held me and supported me through becoming the human being that I am right now that you say is so wise and so, uh, yeah, well, well, you know, I needed some fucking refining. That's for sure. So it's like my honor to like inherit that and, and co-create with others in revivifying the dead dream and revivifying that anything is possible in a world that is designed to have you doubt yourself. This game is rigged and I am just a hard no to that game. And I love playing with people who agree with me on that.
0: Good, good. And I want to air it (laughs) basically and celebrate it. Isn't it funny you said that? Because one of my questions was uh, what experience have you had that has led you to the person you are today? And you've just answered it before I've even asked it. So, Yeah. yeah, definitely in tune on that one. So, so what would you say just to kind of half wrap it up here? What's your message to the people? What's your main message to the people? We've talked about empowering What do you say to them? My
1: main message is: when you see the when I see a crisis, Mm. I've now trained myself to run right into the crisis Mm. and to not avoid it, to not numb out, to not distract myself, to not withhold from myself, to not pretend like it doesn't exist, to be fucking real about the crisis so I can move through it into truth vibration. And there's nothing more devastating and debilitating to a soul than to live chronically in an untruth. Mm. There's nothing more devastating than to live in an untruth. Mm. So uh, I really believe there is no greater time to be alive than right now. This is the best mm. time to be alive. We have access mm-hmm. to anything we want to create mm. and lift ourselves up.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: so that's my main message. Wonderful. And, um, oh. yeah, that's great so many You're other things to s- say, but I'll pause right there.
0: That's okay. No, because what I was thinking there was the yin yang thing, you know, basically you can't have one without the other is, is almost what you're saying. So to have that wonderful, lovely, ideal kind of life or success, you've got to run straight into the, I want to say failures or the, the, the shit, basically the negativity, you've got to run through it you've got to experience the, 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 the bitter to taste the sweet is kind of what you're saying you're really balancing that so that's really 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 important but um thank you so much thank you for coming thank you for being on the show and I can't wait to do another podcast with you once the album's out there
1: I can't wait to <laughs> thanks for having me Mel this has been such
0: a joy Read about it in